a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Listening to Healthy Mind Matters, brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare on KSL News Radio. Thank you for joining us for Healthy Mind Matters. I'm Maria Shaleos. Today we are talking about the emotional well-being of tweens, having conversations with them, and a new program that's been developed by Intermountain Healthcare to help give parents the tools they need. With me, Tamara Tala. He is the Pediatrics Behavioral Health Community Services Director for Intermountain Primary Children's Hospital, and Jessica Strong, who is the Community Health Manager for Primary Children's Hospital. Tamara, talk for a minute about these uh, children in their early teens and what they are going through right now in the middle of COVID and this pandemic. Just talk for a minute about what these uh, young people are experiencing. Well, I mean, just as all of us, we've experienced a significant amount of change and rapid change on a a frequent basis. And with upcoming school as well, um, there's a lot of uh, potential fear, anxiety, concerns that are coming up. In terms of, um, frankly, um, a lot of this is, is really unknown and we're in new charted territory. And so there's a lot of uh, feelings of uncertainty. And, um, you know, as a community, we're trying to provide that certainty. Um, but but nonetheless, we don't know until we do that. And so as a result of that, I think there's uh, there's probably additional uh, angst about it than just the typical returning back to school. Uh, and so and so as a as a as a clinical social worker, we see that all the time, and um, and it's a, and it's an ongoing issue that we see, particularly as we go back to school. Intermountain Healthcare is focused on this group right now with the new program. And Jessica, maybe you could tell us about the program. Yeah, the program is called the Emotional Wellbeing for Program, and it really is designed for parents of tweens, um, kind of that middle school years, sixth to ninth grade. Um, we know that that age period is it's a challenging one. There's a lot of changes happening for kids emotionally, socially, physically. Um, And so this program is really designed for those parents um, to give them some tools, some resources on how to have those conversations with their kids um, to really work on keeping them emotionally well um, and to try and build in some of those skills early on so that when kids do face challenges that they're prepared to handle them. Kids are going back to school. What would you like the conversation to look like right now between parents and their children? I think at the end of the day, we want to make this conversation like the same sort of conversation that we have when we're asking our kids to brush their teeth and making sure that they're, you know, eating their food and what food they're eating and all the skills that they've practiced and that we check in on them on a regular basis, normalize that, have those conversations about about what their experience was in school, um, um, about the interactions that they've had with others, and and also really being interested in what that experience, how that made them feel. 
um, and, and really kind of normalizing that this is just what we do. We just want to learn about how we're experiencing things and then what are some things that we can do to help uh, manage or mitigate um, uh, some of the some of the angst or concern or sorrow, um, kind of label it, and that way we can kind of do something with it. Parents are going through their own angst, but how do they better, how do they behave better? What can they really portray in their own behavior that will really help kids of this age group? Well, like all of us, uh, you know, as parents and as a father myself, um, we, we sort of develop, a, you know, our little toolbox of sort of how we sort of respond to things. And I think part of that is simply being aware of how we're doing. I mean, a lot of these tools that are uh, that are available really can be beneficial for us in terms of us sort of naming how, you know, what we're experiencing so that when we're engaging um, with our children, we're very um, we we recognize where we're coming from. And as a result of that, um, we're better able to engage and frankly, um work with that together um, as a family. Right. I, I'm glad that my children are young adults now, but that does bring on different types of problems and conversations that parents still need to have with their children. But I feel grateful that I don't have children in school at this moment, just dealing with all the choices that parents are trying to make. Uh, Jessica, talk about the tools in the toolbox and what you hope the program, how you hope the program can help parents. Yeah, we really have tried to design this program so that it is, you know, very action oriented and gives families specific tools that they can use to have those conversations. Um, You know, some of them are very straightforward, like here's some conversation starters, Um, you know, try using open ended questions when you're talking to your kids. Um, Some of them are really great downloadable visual assets. We have a feelings wheel, um, which really is just this really beautiful, colorful wheel that that names a whole bunch of different emotions. Um, We find that both kids and some parents, you know, maybe they don't have a very deep emotional language. And so this is a tool that families can use together to identify their feelings and then learn to accept them and validate them and then, you know, make a decision on how they manage that. Whether they're positive um, or, you know, maybe on on the less wanted spectrum, um, you know, we all experience emotions and they come and go. Um, And so learning how to manage those um, appropriately is an important skill for all of us, whether we're parents or teens. Well, how do we make sure that we're really paying attention to the feelings of our children? So the way the way I think about the development of tweens, they're kind of approaching that age as they're trying to develop their own autonomy. Um, In some ways, the beginnings of sort of what I call an adolescence is sort of pretending to be adults. And so their experiences are real. They're intense. Um, regardless of what stimuli is actually and what environmental circumstances to them, it's 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 a big deal, even though perhaps from our perspective as adults, it may not be. And so um, really appreciating that um, and and helping them acknowledge what their experience actually is rather than what I what what may happen at times where we kind of have a binary response, like they have a bad feeling about something or they have a good feeling about something. So sort of back to the tools that Jessica spoke about, actually putting names to specifically what they're experiencing is really a good point to start with and then talk about how we can be more successful or how we can manage that or how I choose to manage that and what are some things that you've done to kind of manage that. Because really it's about this blend of making sure we have these social interactions that are super helpful and we are social beings. And then secondly, uh, making sure that we know how to understand what how that makes us feel and then what we do to kind of help help manage that. So the highs are not so high and the lows aren't so low. How much of it is about being a good listener? 
as a parent? Well, that I would argue that that's a significant that's a significant piece to that. And and some of the tools really talk about, um, you know, to be to be a good listener is really to be an active listener. So by active listener, we're really saying that you're, you know, you, you know, you really need to reflect back what they're saying so that so that so that what you're hearing is what they're saying, really, really kind of validating that information. Um, I think that's a really important part of that. Uh, just simply listening without that well, with verbal and nonverbal response can sometimes make the, the twin feel like maybe they're not paying attention to me or even worse, asking to, you know, asking how their day was and you pop on your phone and start looking at your phone. So, so those are the kind of things really, really be genuine with them in terms of looking at them engaging with them, reflectively listening to what they're saying, validating what their what their experience is like, and don't jump right in and sort of um, uh, avoid really sort of immediately judging that because that can turn off a conversation in a hurry. Right. Talk a little bit more about validating and how a parent can truly validate what their child is saying. So, so part of that is just simply acknowledging the emotion um, or acknowledging that a situation was particularly tough and you asking them, was that, you know, it sounds like that was really challenging for you. Um, you know, those sorts of really simple, I mean, they're really simple um, components of just this kind of reflective listening um, um, and then connect that to an action that's, um, that can be provided. So for example, you know, um, 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 you know, when I feel this way, this is what I tend to do. And so how, how can we sort of replace that with something different or try some different things? Um, frankly, as a tween, there's a really a great opportunity to experiment with different things to do um, to see what, what works for them. Yeah, one quick thing I'd love to add is, is as you're modeling, as parents are modeling this behavior for tweens, um, it's also an opportunity to, to teach and coach them on how to use those skills of active listening. Um, and, you know, we live in a digital world. And so you may have to actively coach your kids on saying like, hey, put down your phone, make eye contact, you know, those nonverbal, you know, nods and the reflecting back and how to listen. Those are important skills for your tweens to learn as well. So as you're doing that for your kids, um, it's a great modeling behavior. But then also you can be explicit about teaching that for your kids as well um, throughout their life. All right, let's take a break. And you're listening to Healthy Mind Matters on KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. 